You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, Mike Florio, and Pete Considori producing our show. Uh, we're broadcasting from Rockin' Riley's 35th Street between 7th and 8th Avenue. You've got to make it down here for the weekends because uh, Saturdays, lots of uh, college football action on. Really great place to watch a game, great food. You can have an adult beverage. You can have uh, a little breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever you like. Nice atmosphere. You also have the... Uh, Rooftop bar, I think it's like the second largest in, in Manhattan, so definitely a great place to see. And you can check out uh, Mike Florio. He'll maybe, maybe he might even give you his autograph. I was gonna, I was actually <laughs> gonna say you could come watch Joey Galena in action. That's what I would want to see. Bowl, right? Sundays also you have all the NFL games. Uh, lots of fun. Good. You could also come watch Joey Galena on Sundays. Yeah, you could. Yes, you can. Three. What, what time is it? Four uh, thirty to eight p.m. Four thirty to eight p.m. Three and a half hours. You get to watch Joe Galena do his thing. And, and before that, you got Maddie Wall Street, Maddie Modica. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It's just come in here and just watch. Just yeah. Joe loves it when people just walk up and stare at him. Yeah. the whole time. I'm a narcissist. I like when people look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Burkett coming up uh, from the Detroit Free Press at David Burkett if you want to follow him on Twitter. So uh, Steelers taking on the Lions. I mean, we'll be talking Lions, obviously, with uh, Dave Burkett, but Steelers overall, we, we kind of touched upon it earlier. Uh, <laughs> they've got some issues personnel-wise. Yeah. But Juju's got his bike. Mm-hmm. That's that's what matters. <laughs> what <laughs> nah. exactly happened with the bike? He lost his... Someone's, so <laughs> the whole story, for those who don't know, is he's only like 20 years old. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a license, right? So he rides his bike all over Pittsburgh. He doesn't have a license, but he has a lot of red zone targets, right? He has yes. more than Martavis Bryant. But go ahead. He <laughs> always like Snapchats himself riding his bike, and someone stole it, and he was very sad, and he mm-hmm. kept tweeting about it using hashtag Find Juju's Bike or whatever the hashtag was. And because of Twitter, someone found the bike mm-hmm. and returned it to him. It was a pretty cool story. Hmm. Also, Mia Khalifa messaged him about it, and he was like, "Nah, I'm not that dumb." So somebody just returned it without... I'm so, he doesn't know who took it? It just showed up? I don't know. I just know he got the bike back mm, because okay. of his hunt on Twitter. Right. So are we looking for him to have a better fantasy production this week? That, I think so. That his bike is back? The bike and the fact that Martavis Bryan is going to be inactive and Juju has a chance to get the full allotment of snaps now. He's been split in time with Martavis Bryan. Mm-hmm. I have Juju... As a low-end wide receiver three, I think he's in that flex discussion. The upside is there, but we want to see him do it. Mm-hmm. I give credit to Frank Stanfield. He was on Juju for a couple of weeks now. Mm-hmm. I was on Team Martavis still. I thought Martavis Bryant yeah, you is... you were very high. I mean, I, you weren't alone. I mean, No, no, no. I, I was very high yeah, on him. Bryant for the red zone targets, red zone uh, magnet kind of guy, but just hasn't happened. He needs a fresh start. Yeah. He needs a fresh one. <laughs> we'll be back uh, with Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. We'll be talking Lions football on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Play. 
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome products. Welcome back to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina along with Mike Florio, Pete Contadori, producing our show, keeping us flying straight. And we're thrilled to have a great guest along with us, Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. We'll be talking some Detroit Lions. Dave, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your weekend to join us. Uh, Lions have a bit of a tough matchup uh, on paper, right, against the Steelers this week. Uh, but should be a good one. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Look, the Steelers are playing pretty good football right now. The Lions have not played good the last couple of weeks, but they are coming off the bye week. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, they got a little bit healthy. So it's it's always a good thing. They're at home. Sunday night football should be a raucous atmosphere at Ford Field. Absolutely. So let's get right into it. Uh, Matthew Stafford uh, has been averaging 238 passing yards per game. That's the, his lowest average since 2011. Uh, just in general, I mean, what's gone wrong so far? I mean, how much of that do you think is on him, and how much could be attributed to uh, an offensive line that's allowed him to be sacked 17 times in his last three games? Yeah, it's a number of factors. I mean, he hasn't played well the last couple of weeks, but certainly a lot of it is on that offensive line. You mentioned all those sacks. They've just there's been a lot of leakage up front. You know, they're they, they're going to be down to their third left tackle uh, this week. Taylor Decker, their their starter, obviously hurt his his shoulder in the off season. He hasn't played yet. Greg Robinson, his fill-in, is dealing with an ankle injury right now. So Stafford's. You know, he's taken a lot of shots back there, and, and just the offense hasn't, you know, they haven't been able to get guys open downfield. They haven't got much out of the running game. It's It's been a disappointment, to say the least, on offense. And speaking of that offensive line, we know that Amir Abdullah, you know, he had a great college career, but we have yet to see him rush for 100 yards in a game so far in the NFL. Is, is this also, is the offensive line also slowing him down from the running game? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, look, you know, Amir is, he had some injury concerns the first couple of years, fumble problems his rookie year. He seems to be over all that. Um, I don't think he's the biggest issue that's ailing the running game, but he certainly shares in some of the blame for what's going on too. But yeah, look, the Lions, they spent a lot on their offensive line this offseason. They signed Rick Wagner. They signed TJ Lang. They thought they were going to have a really good unit. It hasn't played out that way. You know, Decker's injury certainly set them back. Wagner hasn't played great. I think it's been a trickle-down effect from there. Not just those guys up front, but, you know, the receivers aren't getting open downfield. Uh, you know, they, they just haven't been able to to make plays deep, and I think all that has, has made this sort of a, a pop-gun offense. And so uh, this week they take on a Steelers team who has not allowed a quarterback to throw for 250 yards and only once has allowed multiple touchdowns. However, you can run on them. Do you think that the Lions, that will change their game plan? Like, instead of relying on Matt Stafford this week, they will try to rely more on Abdullah? 
Well, they've relied on, on, you know, they've tried to rely on Abdullah at least, you know, in, in several games this year. I mean, that's it's one thing that given the issues that they have up front and given the, the firepower on the Steelers offense, you know, it's something that makes sense for the Lions to try to control the clock, um, try to, you know, keep their, their defense off the field, try to keep Stafford protected. And the best way to do that is, is obviously by letting that clock run and, and getting some, some positive production out of Abdullah in the running game. So something that we've seen before, he had a real good game against the Minnesota Vikings, sort of a similar situation. They didn't want uh, the Vikings defensive line teeing off on Stafford, and uh, they went out to Minnesota and won that game thanks in part to what Amir was able to do. He would have had 100 yards in that game if he didn't get hurt, got hurt early in the fourth quarter. So I think he has it in him. It's just a matter of everything clicking. So Golden Tate earlier in the week, uh, it seemed like th- there was no way that he was going to play and due to his uh, sprained uh, AC joint in his shoulder. Uh, now it looks like you know, there's a chance he will. What, do you think, that, is it a game-time decision? Uh, and if he does play, is he going to be limited? You know, I don't know that uh, they would play him if he was going to be limited. Um, you know, he's certainly been out there. He's been limited in practice. But in front of us, at least, he's, he seemed to do everything. Um, you know, he raises his arms. He said he's not at full strength. He's still trying to get that back. Uh, don't don't know for sure, but signs are certainly pointing to the fact that he'll be on the field. But guys, I will say, you know, the Lions had a roster move to make today. Um, they activated uh, their their punter Sam Martin, and you know they kept they called Jace Billingsley up earlier in the week from practice squad. They kept him on the active roster, so they have six receivers on their active roster right now. One of those, Kenny Galladay, is out for sure. They usually keep four up, so I don't know. They they are sort of you know making sure that Golden will be available. I guess giving themselves options in case he can't play come tomorrow. And so far this season, Theoretic has played well, but he hasn't been able to duplicate the success he had last season. Is that because him and Golden Tate kind of both run lines near the line of scrimmage and take away from each other a little bit? We saw last year when Tate went down, Golden Tate, re- uh, I'm sorry, when Riddick went down, Tate really took off. So if Tate was, say, to miss any time, do you think Theo Riddick would be the biggest benefactor? Yeah, I think there's there you know that, that that's fair that you know Golden Tate is or Theo Riddick is sort of a you know a similar player to to uh, to Tate at least in what he can do in the open field when it comes to you know making defenders miss and, and turning some short passes into long gains. Um, you know, it's it's look Amir has has taken over as the the dominant back in the backfield. You wouldn't know it by the the, the rushing numbers, but he get, plays the bulk of the snaps back there and. You know, Riddick is, you know, the Lions trust Zach Zenner a little bit more in pass protection on third down. And, and so I think that's why you've seen some of Riddick's numbers fall off. But, uh, you know, Jim Bob Cooter indicated this week that, you know, maybe it's time to start playing Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah together some, that that could help the offense. And so we'll see if that happens on Sunday. So uh, Kenny Galladay uh, was on uh, the radar of many fantasy players. He had that two-touchdown performance in preseason. Then week one, he had another two-touchdown performance. He's missed the last three games, and uh, originally it looked like he was on track to play this week. It looks like he suffered a setback, and he's out. Um, are we back to square one with him? Uh, is, I mean, does it look like he's going to miss another several uh, multiple weeks a- again? Well, this is twice that he's had a, a little bit of a setback now. He, uh, maybe a week before the bye, a week or two before the bye, he came back, practiced a little bit, and they shut him down then. Uh, the, the thought, the indication from players in the locker room even, they said as much that they were, they were going to get Galladay back this week. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's disappointing that, you know, he, he wasn't out there at practice the last two days that the Lions have ruled him out. 
I don't know when he's going to come back. I think we all know hamstrings are tricky. Sure. And, you know, Galladay was the Lions' third receiver. He's a rookie, so, you know, they don't need to, to rush him. But at the same time, this offense has struggled, and he certainly could help that, that unit if he was on the field. Yeah. Uh, and so once he is back, when, whenever that is, I mean, how do you think the, uh, they're going to use him? I mean, uh, you know, Anquan Bolden was targeted 22 times in the red zone. Is it unfair to say that maybe, you know, when he does come back, he could probably take some of that role that Bolden had? Well, two totally different type receivers. I mean, Bolden was just a slot receiver, you know, playing in the short area, getting some red zone touches, obviously. But Galladay is, you know, the impact that he had early on was as a deep threat. He's got that big body, so he can be a red zone, mm-hmm. um, you know, weapon for the Lions. But, Look, I don't know, man. For for rookie receivers, that's a tough position to to really make an impact. At he had those two touchdowns early on. I think this time off has really set him back. If I was, you know, playing in a, a fantasy league that wasn't a dynasty, I don't think I would have Kenny Galladay on my team right now. Fair enough. And a guy that fantasy owners really every year think is going to break out is Lions tight end Eric Ebron. And so far this year, he has just. Uh, one touchdown which came against the New York Giants, and any tight end should be able to score against the Giants. But over the past couple of games, Darren Fells has really been the one stepping up three touchdowns in his last two games. So have the Lions moved on from Eric Ebron? We know that he's kind of said it's all in his head. He's had issues with drops this year. What is the status of Ebron going forward, and, and how can fantasy owners expect him to be utilized on this offense? Yeah, that's another guy that I don't know that I would have on my roster, depending <laughs> on how deep my my team was. I mean, he just he's had a disappointing season. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Some of the drops, some of the way that the Lions have have used him, or gone away from him. I mean, as you you look at their pecking order, it's certainly Golden Tate one, Marvin Jones two, you know, Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah, you know, Darren Fells right in that mix. And look, I still think Ebron. You know, he may have another big or, or decent sized game in him at least you know he's still a part of this offense he's still playing a good amount the Lions use two tight ends quite a bit so he's still playing a lot but it's just uh, along with some of the other guys you know he's struggled to get open and he's had some pretty prominent drops and you know when that happens you maybe you start to see the numbers tick down and, and you start to see Matthew Stafford look elsewhere and so maybe this bye week was good for him to get away refresh the mind you know he just had a baby he said that that you know helped him it's put him in the right spot mentally uh, so we'll see if he can uh, if he can flip the switch this week. All right. So I uh, want to thank you for coming on. Uh, Steelers take on the Lions at uh, Lions home stadium in Detroit. Uh, any predictions for tomorrow night's game? Well, I mean, I picked the, the Steelers in my uh, my scouting <laughs> report prediction that runs in the paper. I mean, I, I think this is the game the Lions have a shot in. You know, again, they're coming off a bye. It's sort of the, the up-down theory, right? I don't think they're as bad as they played their last game against the Saints, but they certainly need to be better. Uh, Sunday night, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere, but I just think at the end of the day, the Lions have too many issues up front on offense with their offensive line and then with a lack of pass rush on defense to to go out and, and beat the beat a pretty good Steelers team at Ford Field. All right. Well, I want to appreciate you taking time out uh, to join us. Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press. Follow him at Dave Burkett. Dave, have a great week and enjoy the game. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Yep. Hope so. A lot of good information from Dave Burkett. A good follow on Twitter uh, when we come back. Take a look at more of Week 8 action in fantasy football on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Pete Considori producing our show. And I uh, want to remind you that if you're thinking of giving DFS a try, Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor runs NFL and NBA free rolls every week. Free entry. Just simply sign up and enter. Go to FantasyFactor.com. So, Mike. So, Joe. Yeah. We talked about some weather situations brewing. Uh, Looks like there's going to be some wind factors. The last I looked, they said wind gusts of 20-plus miles per hour. Panthers at Buccaneers. Uh, when does weather become a factor for you when you're creating a lineup? I mean, are you scared off by rain? I mean, for me, rain, I think they could players can handle. The wind is a little bit of an issue to me. I agree 100% with you on that. And I think sometimes rain could be a good thing for fantasy players because mm-hmm. – the concern you always hear is, all oh, the ball is slick. I mean, those gloves that those guys have, they get even stickier when it rains, yeah. and, and they can catch the ball. The thing that helps them in the rain is they know where they're going. The defense doesn't, so it's easier for the defense to slip and fall, right. and you can get extra yards out of that. Mm-hmm. The wind is the issue because you can't throw the ball down the field in the wind. It's just right. not going to be accurate. So I do agree. When the wind starts getting 20-plus miles per hour, mm-hmm. that is... When it affects quarterbacks, I think it affects receivers. It obviously affects kickers. Right. And I think it's a good point you bring up. This is the time of year, like early November on, I would Mm -hmm. say, where you actually have to start checking weather reports. Yeah. Yeah. I I love watching a a game played in the snow. I don't know about you. That's my favorite. It's fun. Yeah. It's not always the best for fantasy, but it's fun. But it's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, Panthers at Buccaneers. Yeah. Cam Newton's a real hoot, right? Yeah. I mean, he either doesn't show up for press conferences or he says something dumb uh, or he just walks out. I think this week somebody asked him a question, he just walked out. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I don't know, I just, he's as scatterbrained as his statistics show, right? I mean, because he's been on and off this year. Uh, he has run the ball effectively in three of his last four games, but uh, also five picks in his last two games. Um, you know he's been sacked 22 times this year. Uh, quarterback rating of 55 and under three games this this year. Just basically, in, what I'm getting at is he's been <laughs> inconsistent, to say the least. <laughs> and I mean, it is great to see the rushing yards come back. Two weeks ago, 11 for 71 and a touchdown. Last week, nine for 50. But still, if he's throwing, you know, for less than 250 yards and one or no touchdowns, mm-hmm. it's hard to trust him. I think every week going forward, if he's rushing the ball like he is, if this continues, he's going to be in the 
low end QB one discussion. Mm-hmm. Like this week, that's where I have him. You know, mm-hmm. I have him just ahead of guys like Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton. It's actually a pretty decent matchup when you look at it on paper, right? Because the Bucks. Uh, are been, terrible. Yeah, they've been uh, giving up the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers, second most reception uh, to that position. Uh, and on the good good part of that is Kelvin Benjamin has had uh, double-digit fantasy points in all four of his career games versus the Bucks. Uh, we had a call, uh, Jay from Mississippi, asking us about uh, Devin Funches. Both of you and I kind of agreed that Funches should have a decent day, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I have Funches as a low-end wide receiver, too. I have Kelvin Benjamin as a high-end wide receiver, too. And I have Cam Newton as my eighth-ranked eighth quarterback. Mm-hmm. But Because of the matchup. Because right? of yeah. the matchup. It speaks volumes, though, because if we were getting out of Cam Newton what we all thought we would... like, I was low on Cam Newton coming into the season. Yeah, but, he was like one of my bust candidates. Yeah, yeah, but like if Cam Newton was playing up to his highest ability, mm-hmm. he would easily be like in the top three quarterback discussion this week because the matchup is so ripe for the taking. But mm-hmm. because he ha- he's just been so inconsistent, like you said, that's why he's QB8 this week. And weeks where he has harder matchups, I think you're going to see it more as a borderline QB1 mm-hmm. or high-end QB2, depending on who the opponent is. I think he still has some issues with recovering from the offseason shoulder surgery. I think another issue is just himself. He gets in the way of himself, just his head. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. And this is a great matchup with six teams on by. I know none of the six teams besides Marcus Mariota are, are must-start quarterback mm-hmm. options. But still, you would think this is a week where it sets up for Cam Newton to have an extremely high finish at the quarterback position. So I'm, I'm hope if you own Cam Newton and he doesn't get it done this week, you should be a little bit worried. Yeah, and I talked about the fact that he's been sacked 22 times. Uh, part of that, uh, obviously due to his offensive line, and that trickles down to the run game. Panthers haven't been able to run the ball at all, right? Uh, McCaffrey, 2.5 yards per carry, but 44 receptions, so he's a must-start in PPR leagues, uh, right? But uh, Stewart's also had problems this season, uh, 3 yards per carry, no touchdowns. Um, Part of that's on him, but again, part of that is on the offensive line. And you know, when we were talking to uh, Dave uh, from the Detroit Free Press, Dave Burkett, and talking about offensive lines, you, you got to say, man, next year's draft, man, there's going to be a lot of offensive linemen taken in that first round, don't you think? Yeah, and to the other point of it, fantasy owners really need to look at, into the offensive line yeah. and, and figure out which teams have strong offensive lines, which teams struggle in that aspect. Because mm-hmm. I don't care how talented of a, a player you are, you so much of your value is tied to your offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the Buccaneers side, uh, Jameis Winston, he had a surprisingly good game against your uh, Bills who had a very good defense. Uh, three touchdowns last week. Winston threw for 384 yards. But um, yeah, he's playing with a banged-up shoulder and re-injured it uh, last week on a sack. And he didn't throw in practice until Friday. So keep that in mind. Uh, I'm, he's probably going to play, I would think. But uh, he's gonna not going to... I mean, he could be limited. Yeah, and... I have him as a low-end QB1. Mm-hmm. I have him just behind Cam. I believe I have him ninth at the quarterback position. And I know why you said strong, surprising game against the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills. And I agree with you. It was surprising. But I think 
the Bills secondary may have been a little overrated. Not saying that they're a defense that you can and that's just... that's coming from a Bills fan, so yeah. folks, that you should listen to this. Not saying you can go and just walk all over them, but look at look at the first few games of the year where they shut teams down. It was the Jets, mm-hmm. first game of the season with Josh McCown. Mm-hmm. Second week was Cam Newton, mm-hmm. when he was, he was struggling mightily early on. Trevor Simeon, mm-hmm. no, nothing special yeah, there. He's, he's struggling now. Yeah. Matt Ryan, and we all thought that at the time, we were like, wow, the Bills went into Atlanta, shut down Matt yeah. Ryan, and beat them. That's not that hard to do, it looks like, this year. He's the only quarterback to not throw for 300 yards against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look as impressive as we thought it was at the time. Right. Then Andy Dalton throws for 328-1, and one, and then last week, 384-3 and three for Jameis Winston. So maybe... It was they're not a defense you could walk all over, but I think they were hyped up a little bit more than they probably should have been because mm-hmm. of their early season opponents. Okay, yeah, and that, that's a great point from Mike that you know we could spell out all the numbers that we want, but you should take a look at the individual, like what is making up those numbers. Yeah, yeah, it could change. I mean, there's a lot of football left to play, you know. So, yeah, I think we're at the. I said this on BFFs this week. I'm gonna <laughs> ding myself. I think we're at the point in the season, like when you're looking at stats and stuff, you can, you should look at the season as a whole, but mm-hmm. you also should look at the last couple of games, the last month of the season. See if because there's any trends developing. Yeah, because mm-hmm. football, while it's only 16 games, there's really like seasons within a season. There's waves and such. Players get injured. Everything comes and changes. So I do think you need to look at recent history as well as the season in a whole. Mm-hmm. Um Panthers have uh, given up the seventh fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends. O.J. Howard had himself a week last week. I mean, uh, uh, should we react to that? I mean, uh, to me, Cameron Braid is still the starting tight end here. I mean, targeted nine times in week seven. He just didn't get the touchdowns. Yeah, O.J. Howard had his career game, but yet Cameron Braid still had more targets than he did. Mm-hmm. Cameron Braid had a solid game himself. Braid is the tight end one option like you said Mm -hmm. Deshaun Jackson is going to see more targets than OJ Howard Mike Evans is going to see more targets than OJ Howard so at best Howard is a fourth option Deshaun Jackson yeah I think he will I think he's the second him and Brait are Mm -hmm. second two and three Mm -hmm. behind Mike Evans I think OJ Howard then at best slides in at four Mm -hmm. and to me I think he is always going to be a tight end two with upside if you're looking for someone to stream you want to own him in a dynasty or keeper deep keeper league maybe because we know the upside that he has. Mm-hmm. But this year, I don't think you could trust him. I think he will have some big games. Right. But it's going to be impossible to, to predict when they are because it's just some games he's going to get two targets and other games he's going to get six and catch two touchdowns like right. he did the other day. Where do you stand with Doug Martin? I mean, we were waiting for him to come back. and Obviously, it's his job, the starting running back job, because some were thinking, and, I, and it was in the back of my head, that maybe if, if Jaquiz Rogers had played well, maybe he could have held on to the job. But averaging just under 59 rushing yards per game this season, only gained 2.4 yards per carry in Week 7. And uh, Panthers' defense allowing just 81 yards on the ground. He's gotten worse in every game so far this season, but the volume is still there. He had 20 carries, two receptions last game. Because of that volume, he is always going to be an RB2. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, when we come back, we're going to be looking at the Colts at Bengals. I mean, I was looking at the Colts schedule. It's bad. It is like, <laughs> it's like, it's got to be like one of the worst in football. And they play Cat Scratch Fever again, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, during the playoffs, week. 14, 15, 16, Bills, Broncos, and Ravens. Tough on the passing game. We'll be back with more on the 
Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, a little metaphysical entry, right? Feeling okay there? I like it. Yeah. Okay. Put me to sleep, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your job to wake up the listeners, then. Let's go, listeners. Up and at them. There you go. <laughs> right. That's uh, Mike Flory. I'm Joe Galina. Pico Sidori producing our show and uh, getting you through a week eight, trying to figure out who you should start. And uh, give you a little analysis on the upcoming games. Colts at Bengals. Andy Dalton, nice streaming option. Yes, very and nice the streaming Colts option. surrendered the second most passing yards to quarterbacks, six most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks as well. John Ross is back. He's going to play. Do you care? I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, I care. I it's think. like a wait and see. Let's watch and see, you know. Yeah, how he develops a little bit, how how much they use him. I think it certainly helps all the weapons around him. It helps Andy Dalton. It gives him another down the field threat. Mm-hmm. I think it it can help open up some stuff for AJ Green. Like we yeah. were talking about before the season, this guy has game changing speed. The set the safeties and everything they yeah. have to pay attention to him. They can't just focus Over in on Green yards per catch in college. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and we saw what he did at the combine. Uh, you know, just the. Speed is is incredible. Um, Joe Mixon. I mean, if ever he was going to break out, this would be the game, right? I mean, uh, what'd you think about what he said last week? I mean, the way they used him last week was kind of weird. He faded away in the second half, right? He, I don't believe he had a touch in the second no. half, and nope. and he was playing well. And he came out after the game and said, "We need to run the ball more." The one thing you know, he did compare himself to Le'Veon Bell. He said, "If I had that number of carries that Bell had, I, I would be." Just as good as him. Come on, guy. that's a little crazy. You're, you're a rookie, <laughs> but I, I will say this: I have Joe Mixon as a low end RB one this mm-hmm. week. That may be a little bold to some people. Like Greg seems to think, me and Frank both have him there. Greg seems to think that's a little too aggressive. Mm-hmm. But the one concern: if there's any coach in the NFL who's going to be like, you're going to tell me what to yeah, do, yeah, rookie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're going to sit you for Jeremy Hill. Right. It's Marvin Lewis. So right. that is the one concern I have. But like you said, this is the week for Joe Mixon. I mean, great matchup. Mm-hmm. you got to love all the Bengals. You got, I, I have Andy Dalton as a top 10 QB this week. Mm-hmm. Mixon's in my top 10 at running back. A.J. Green is my number one overall wide receiver. I have Brandon LaFell inside my top 30. I think Croft is inside my top 10 tight ends because he has a, especially in standard PPR, I think he's a lower, a little bit lower, but he has a good chance of finding the end zone. 
I like all the Bengals this week. How about Marlon Mack? Do you think uh, that we've finally seen the turn? I mean, last week uh, he outsnapped Frank Gore 32-22. to 22. Uh, in very limited work this season, 8.44 yards per carry. That's with 16 carries. Uh, but like his college numbers, over 6 yards per carry. In college, average over 20 catches per season. Um, I think it's time. I think it's time to see what they have. In I, I mean, you know this, Joey. I've been off of Frank Gore yeah. for over a year now. I, I think he's, his days are behind him. And the Colts... Are a team looking for the future? I mean, they clearly are. They're they're not going to win this division. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make the playoffs. Why don't you see what you have in Marlon Mack? Is he worth a flex start or still in PPR? Yeah. I mm-hmm. think you could put him in. He's certainly in the flex. He's in the discussion in both. Mm-hmm. I like him more in PPR because last week what he did four receptions, forty yards, I believe that was really the Robert Turbin role that we've seen in the yeah. past, and he's done for the year. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. So Marlon Mack did step up in that role. They continue to use Frank Gore though, and uh, early down work. They give him the ball inside the when they're in the red zone. I would like to see it more and more go to Mack. Ultimately, I would want to see Mack be the starter and really mm-hmm. get the full allotment of snaps there. Right. But I, I think because of that, he is nothing more than a flex. As is Frank Gore. Moncrief droppable? Dante Moncrief? Oh, I dropped him weeks ago. Okay, all right. I don't think Luck is coming back. I know you don't. And don't, without yeah. Luck, he's just been brutal. And T.Y. Hilton, basically, I mean, matchup by matchup. I mean, he's still T.Y. Hilton. Just We talked about what a tough schedule the Colts have come uh, in the upcoming weeks. I mean, what could you do with him? Maybe try to package him in a, in a four-player deal, two for two, hide him? <laughs> you you <laughs> could try. A, a deal like that? I, mean. I don't think you're going to get much for him because right. it's it's maddening to own him. You kind of have to throw him in your lineup, mm-hmm. but you're going to get one big game for every like three or four duds kind of this year. With right. Andrew Luck, I mean, he's awesome, but without him, mm-hmm. it's it's been a rough go. And like you said, the schedule gets really, really tough, so... Yep. I kind of think Hilton is a is a boomer bust wide receiver three going forward. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Raiders at your Bills. Uh, Bills, uh, you know, you, you brought up a very good point that when you look at their defense, like on the surface, it looks great, but you have to look at who they played against. But uh, you can't argue plus ten on uh, giveaway ten- takeaways. That's right? where yeah. they're really good. They yeah. are a defense that forces turnovers and mm-hmm. Joey. It's kind of crazy for me to say. <laughs> I, I think this is the game of the week. Wow. I, I truly do. I mean, this this game has playoff implications on mm-hmm. it. So I, I actually, I'm very excited. And, and this isn't me just saying this. Like, I was talking to people who aren't Bills fans. Like, mm-hmm. I was talking to Frank and Greg off the air, and they were kind of in agreement that, like, with playoff implications and yeah. everything, this may be the most entertaining game of the weekend. Could be. It's always nice to see division rivals like the Cowboys and Redskins play. But that, no, that's yeah, another good up, one. Brought up a good point. Buffalo uh, Bills traded uh, defensive tackle Marcel Darius to the Jaguars, uh, which is going to help their run defense. The, right? the one yeah. weakness the Jaguars had was up front stopping yeah. the run. I think Darius plugs in well there. He's also going to... Saxonville is getting even scarier because he will get after the yeah. quarterback and that secondary. We know how good they are, mm-hmm. Joey. I always say you don't need to hold on to defenses. Mm-hmm. In the league, I own Jacksonville. Yeah, you got to. I held them. Yeah. I don't care that they're on by and I have two defenses. Mm-hmm. There's no way I was going to throw them out there and risk someone else Think getting them. They've had two games where they've had ten sacks each, right? <laughs> they've had. I'm pretty sure they've had more than twenty fantasy points, and mm-hmm. they've had more games with twenty or more fantasy points than games with less than that. Yeah, which isn't. Extremely impressive. So, uh, on to the Raiders. No Marshawn Lynch. 
Uh, he suspended a game for putting his hands on a referee like a jackass. But uh, Jalen Richard or DeAndre Washington? Jalen Richard. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this. Their, their workload after Lynch went down was nearly identical. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm going Richard is because we don't know how the workload is going to be distributed. Mm-hmm. So I think when that... I think it was Pat Mayo brought this up on Twitter, and it was a great point. When you don't know exactly how the touches are going to go distributed, mm-hmm. play the guy with the higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Jalen Richard. Like, if one of these guys is to break out a long run or a long catch and run, I think it will be Richard. But I do think there's a chance that Washington gets the goal line carries because he had a very impressive touchdown run last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's up with uh, Zay Jones? <laughs> he needs to hit the bench. Mm. He really does. I mean... Nine targets last game, another yeah, just couple, two couple more bad drops. Right. I think uh, as Jordan Matthews starts to get healthy, he could see a larger role. Mm-hmm. And if he's healthy and Thompson keeps playing well, Zay Jones will hit the bench. Yeah. Is uh, Matthews still wearing that protective sl- splint this week? I mean, cause it- I'm not sure if he's wearing it this week. Mm-hmm. I know he wore it last week, and it obviously is impacting him. But right. as he starts to get healthy, I really expect him to see more of a larger role. And Thompson is going to be what he is. He's the down-the-field guy, which with Tyrod Taylor, mm-hmm. that's a good position to be in because it's the one thing Tyrod does a lot. He creates time with his legs and throws the ball down the field. Raiders have some injuries to the secondary, so if— So do the Bills. Yeah. Could be a lot of points scored in this game. Yeah. And uh, Amari Cooper, back to the Raiders— uh, what do we think about? I mean, do, do we think he's he's crossed that threshold where now, like, we could expect to see consistent production? Like, are, are you convinced? I don't think you can ever get consistent production out of Amari Cooper. I think you can get better numbers than what he was doing earlier, where he was mm-hmm. putting up single-digit yard totals for games. But this is even last year. This is what he was. He's very up and down. Mm-hmm. I do have him ranked as a wide receiver two this week. I, I like Michael Crabtree better than him. I'm mm-hmm. think every single week I'm going to like Michael Crabtree better, but I think better days are out there for Amari Cooper. I, I was very big on the if you can go out and get Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. go get him. Right. So I, I even before the past game I thought there was going to be better days ahead for him. All right. Uh, and your buddy Nick O'Leary. <laughs> Nick O'Leary. <laughs> Nick O'Leary. Yeah, I think he is what he is, man. He's a high-end tight end, too, if you're in need of a streamer. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like... He, is Clay... I mean, he's, Clay's already been ruled out. For the, for the rest of the season. Oh, no, 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 no. For this week. Okay. He's he's going to need a couple more weeks, I believe. When mm-hmm. he comes back, obviously... It's a multi-week wanna... injury. So, yep. I mean, you're not going to see him for at least another couple weeks, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, the, when he first went down... the. the the diagnosis was four weeks, mm-hmm. so right now this would be week two of that. But uh, he's you got to monitor his status going forward. But Nick O'Leary last week only had two catches, mm-hmm. but Logan Thompson had the uh, Logan Thomas had the touchdown, and if that went to O'Leary, we're talking about O'Leary in a completely different light. I think he is a borderline top fifteen tight end, and if mm-hmm. you don't know one of your guys are on by this week and you you missed out on any of the guys I have ranked ahead of him, right. I think Nick O'Leary is a fine stream. 49ers at Eagles. Let's try to get through as many games as we can. Two inches of rain and 20-mile-per-hour winds possible. Uh, Carson Wentz, man, already thrown more TDs this season than all of last 17 touchdowns last season, 16 this season. 11 TDs, two interceptions, last three games. He's really coming to his own. Yeah, Carson Wentz, yeah. is. Uh, I think he's, he's the MVP favorite right now. Mm-hmm. And I think Zach Ertz is obviously yes. a must start. Mm-hmm. I think Nelson Aguilar is a wide receiver too. Alshon Jeffrey is the one I'm worried about. I yeah. still have him ranked as a, a wide receiver too, but 
I've already said it. I think this is a line in the sand game for him. Yeah, it's, it'd be interesting to see because, I mean, how much of his struggles early on were because he played against real tough cornerbacks, right? I mean, that, that is a good been, point. Yeah, Aguilar has been real good as well, like you mentioned. Uh, Wentz, though, is weeks. doing a good job going over the middle, and mm-hmm. that's where Ertz and Aguilar are. Right. Uh, 49ers, uh, well... Eight rushing touchdowns, 134 rushing yards per game. That's where they're giving up uh, on the ground. Uh, you liking Smallwood or Blunt? I have Blunt higher, but I like both of them. I think they're both inside my top 24. And in standard, I actually have Blunt as a low end RB one. Call me crazy. I just I think he has a chance for 100 yards and a touchdown this week. All right, we'll be back with more Week Eight analysis on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. And welcome back. To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galita, Mike Florio, Pete Casadori producing our show, doing a great job. And I just want to remember, uh, remind you, not remember, remind you to head over to rotoexperts.com forward slash DKMS where you can uh, learn about the fight against blood cancer. Uh, you could find out how you could become a blood marrow donor. Uh, you could also uh, learn how you could make a uh, monetary donation in order to help the fight against blood cancer. And at uh, the page, uh, rotoexperts.com, DKMS, there's a link at the bottom of that page, which will take you to a weekly DFS contest uh, at Fantasy Draft. And uh, you enter into that contest. Remember, it's free. And the winner of each week will be placed in a Week 17 contest against all the other winners for a chance to win tickets to see the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike's excited. Hopefully, uh, He's so excited. Hopefully, you'll, if you win, you'll be going to see your favorite team. There you go. There you go. Uh, get a couple more games in. Let's if we can, do it. A, a game or two. Falcons at Jets. Rain's going to be an issue as well in this game. Uh, Falcons' offense has been mysteriously uh, bad. Yeah. I, I, I have uh, Matt Ryan as a borderline QB1 this week just because mm-hmm. so many teams on by. The matchup is good for him. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have Devonta Freeman top five, Julio Jones top five, mm-hmm. but... Outside of that, I do not want Hooper. I called Muhammad Sanu the the Austin Hooper slayer mm-hmm. the yeah. other day because in games that that Sanu has played, 
two or fewer targets every time for Austin Hooper. So yeah. if he's at, if Sanu is healthy, you can't trust Austin Hooper. Safarian Jenkins has been real good three straight games with a TD, but the Falcons, no touchdowns to tight end so far this season. But, I mean, if you're in a pinch with six teams on a bye. Oh, I, I'm yeah. still using yeah. ASJ this mm-hmm. week. And for the, I like the Jets receivers. It's I feel dirty saying it. I have both in the wide receiver three range, but. You dirty boy. I'll continue to say it. <laughs> Robbie Anderson, greater sign Jermaine Curse. Mm. Uh, the targets are just so much better for Robbie Anderson. And of the running backs, I kind of like Matt Forte the best. This I week. think in, in PPR, I have yeah. him in my top 20 because 13 catches the last two games. Yeah, and uh, running backs have caught 39 receptions against the Falcons as well. And last year. year, they gave up the most receptions to running backs. Texans at Seahawks. Two pretty good pass defenses going after each other. Big test for Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. I agree. Uh, yeah, Seahawks have yielded an average of just over eight fantasy points per game to quarterbacks over the last three games. That's that's not a lot. <laughs> no, and they have not allowed a touchdown since week four, and I believe they had three games this year where they've allowed single-digit receptions to entire receiving cores. So mm. I'm lower on Watson this week. I want nothing to do with Will Fuller, ideally. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I know there's that, yeah. certain situations where you're going to be in a pinch, but five of his eight catches have gone for touchdowns. I mean, that's just completely unsustainable. Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy, J.D. McKissick. Bunch of hot garbage. Right? I'm, I'm out on all of those guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you had to pick one, I think if I had to pick one, I'd go Lacey, even though Rawls had some more snaps than Lacey. But uh, Rawls had that, uh, I think he had a fumble. and uh, I, maybe. So, I think I have them yeah. back-to-back, yeah. both Just, both low. Like, yeah. like there's teams backups that I have ranked higher than these guys. Cowboys, Redskins, any, any players notable for either that you like or that you're fading? I'm um, not. Using Terrell Pryor, mm-hmm. I am benching Jamison Crowder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will start Josh Doxson over both of those guys. He's the hot guy that everyone loves, right? I mean, uh, five targets last week. Little by little, you know, he's a first-round pick. He stole the job so. away. Pryor yeah. hasn't been getting it done. Pryor played one snap in the first is half. Pryor cuttable? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think he is. I, mm-hmm. I think we're at that point where you could cut him. And I said earlier this week, I would cut him for mm-hmm. a Corey Davis if he was out there. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun, Mike. Enjoy the games. Thanks for listening uh, to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Good luck in Week 8.